talked last week about um, what this world tries to do to this house. I don't know, have you ever been in a house where it's just chaos and confusion? <laughs> and craziness going on. And, uh, yeah, Karen's smiling a little bit. When Karen was like one and two and three, that's what he, he brought to our house. A little craziness. <laughs> One Christmas morning, he wanted to open every single Christmas gift. And, uh, and uh, he wasn't allowed. And so we have a little bit of a hallway in our house, and we kind of told him, you can't open every present. You know, the other kids get to. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, we, we had to actually send him to his room on Christmas morning of all things. And he went running down the hallway he said, he said, help me, Jesus. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> As he ran down the hallway. <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of excitement. But sometimes that, that kind of busyness and can really create anxiety in people. And so we talked about anxiety last week and, and uh, presented a couple things to, to help with that. I, I want to go through a couple real, real practical things that we can do to bring down, because we, we get bombarded on every side. On every side, whether it's through the TV, the radio, in your car, people at work, at school can be really stressful. There's so many things in life that can just bombard us a couple of real practical things pastor brenda said i'm allowed to use her as an example again and she had some things that were just really pressing her mind and thoughts and were creating a little bit of sleeplessness this past week and so we talked about it the next morning and this is how she told me that she fell asleep she went to bed and couldn't, just her brain just works overtime. I'm able to mostly just kind of shut my brain off, and I, but her brain went, and this is what she did. She breathed in, Jesus. 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 That's all she said. She didn't say a prayer. She didn't quote scripture. It's just Jesus. Breathe in Jesus. Out us. And it literally, she said, shifted her mind off whatever issue was bombarding her at that point in time and focused it. I talked last week about this purposeful engagement what are you engaging in? The world wants to engage you. Likes to get its tentacles in there and just disturb the brain and get the thoughts going. Um, and, but what are you purposefully engaging in? Pastor Brenda this week, couldn't sleep, just spoke the name of Jesus. 
He's the prince of peace. Sometimes it's, it's, it's not some deep theological type of wrap your brain around this thought process. No, no. It can be as simple as Jesus. Probably about five years ago, there was just in, in, um, in my job that I, I do, just incredible pressure, just incredible pressure. And at night, I couldn't sleep. And then I just started quoting Psalms 23. I'd go to bed, and, you know, there's these thoughts, and I just, Lord, you're my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me to lie down in grief. Have you ever seen a deer lay down? A sheep lay down? If, if you can get them to lay down, it's a pretty peaceful environment because they are so skittish. He makes me to lie down. The whole idea is this environment of peace. I talked last week, sometimes we need to find something that engages you in peace. And God's put something in each one of us. I just enjoy sitting and reading and doing yard work. Amen. Nobody else, nobody said. <laughs> Cooking. That doesn't settle you, Mom. That doesn't bring peace. Baking, gardening, hiking, biking. There's things that naturally that we can engage ourselves in that brings peace. And literally, I have found personally, I, I get into those situations and my thoughts shut off from the rest of this world. And actually, it invites the presence of the Lord to start putting thoughts into my head. Because he's created us to enjoy life. So find that thing that you enjoy. Maybe it's out in the back country, hunting. Oops. It's a good thing the video's not on today. <laughs> Some people like motorcycle riding. Oh. Some people love motorcycle riding. Yeah, okay, thanks, Adrian. And when you're motorcycle riding, there's not a lot that can go through your mind as far as worries of this life because you've got to focus a little bit. But, uh, but I just think of uh, David. The first picture we have of David, he's out with the sheep, and they call him in from the field to anoint him as king. You know the second picture we have of David? No, that's third. Second. Second, he's out watching his sheep, and they call him in because Saul has a disturbed spirit. And he worships. Now, they knew David worshipped. They said, hey, we know this guy. He's a shepherd boy. But, but he's known for his worship. And we're going to bring him in and let him worship and it'll soothe your spirit. And then the third is he's watching his sheep again. Peace. It seemed that, that that was a place for him where there was peace. 
And then what he saw around him, he would write and create worship. The mountains, the stars, the moon, the sun, the, all, God's creation. You see some of his beautiful worship talking about the glory. But he kills Goliath. And then what happens to David? He gets brought in to this political situation. Now he's, he starts rising in the army of Saul, and Saul starts getting jealous. And he's caught into this web of the world. Now, he was anointed. He knew he was anointed because Samuel came around and he didn't go around to too many people anointing people's heads. He knew he was going to be king. It got so, so bad in this situation that he was in now that he started running from Saul. He started running. Stress, fear. He was running for his life. It, it got so much that he started saying words like, I know Saul's going to kill me one of these days. Can you imagine that? He had been anointed by Samuel. The word of the Lord had spoken over him. He knew his destiny beyond a shadow of a doubt because Samuel had anointed him, and yet he was speaking against the word that the Lord had spoken over him. Why? Because fear. Stress. The situation he found himself overruled the word of the Lord in his life. The, the chasing got so bad that he went and he hid in enemy territory. He went and lived among the Philistines. Deeper. Deeper away from his shepherd's field. His peace. That center of peace in his life. Further away. He started raiding and he'd come back and he'd lie to the king of the Philistines and say, I was, I was out helping you. Or, yeah, I was out um, helping you, but he was out just raiding, helping Israel. And one day, the Philistines were gearing up to fight the Israelites. And things got so bad. It was kind of funny. It depends how you look at it. Things got so bad for him that the enemy even said, you can't go with us today. <laughs> but the king, the king of the Philistines invited him to join, and, he, and, and so they were out ready to fight against Saul. And, and a couple of his generals said, oh, hold on. We can't have David coming back, coming with us. So David gets turned away from helping the Philistines, and he goes back to Ziglag, where his camp was. And it had been destroyed. It was destroyed. His wife, his children, all the wives for his men, taken. 
This story is in 1 Samuel 30. And it says, I think it's verse 4, they just began weeping. The army, David's men. And when you read about who David's men were, they were like the best soldiers, the strongest, the most accurate, the fastest, the most skilled. And these men are weeping. And it says they wept so much they ran out of power. They had no more power to even weep. Imagine to a point in your life, and it says they were so distressed. So distressed. The world had sucked life right out of them. To the point where David was fearful for his own life because they wanted to stone him. When they came to David, they were the misfits, the rejects from Israel's society. They came to him. And now they wanted to stone him because they were so distressed. And it says, David was in great distress because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered. Life had got so hard, so bad, bitterness, bitterness set in. And if we're not careful... We can allow the things of life, this world. I talked a little bit about the idea of this world. It wants to suck the life out of you. It wants to grind you down. We can get to a point where we get bitter. (laughs) I remember five years ago, all kinds of things had happened. And I sat down with with uh, the business I was working with, the financial advisor that goes over all the the pension plans, the retirement stuff, and looked after the finances. uh, (laughs) This is what I said to him. I said, life really sucks. (laughs) Those were the words coming out of my mouth. I said, "Life, life just sucks right now. That's the point. I said, I I think I said it on, I told him something. I said, life just sucks. And I said something else. I said, there was three different things that were going on. And it just, life just sucks. And we can get to that point, a point where bitterness can set in if we're not careful. We can get bitter at the people around us. We can get bitter at life in general. We can get bitter at God. But I want to encourage you with what David did. It says David, at this, probably the lowest point of his life, people wanted his own people, his own friends, this group, this nucleus, his core, Gets pretty, life gets pretty bad when your core rejects you. (laughs) 
and they want to kill you, get rid of you, overthrow you, whatever. It says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. How did he do that? It says he called the priest and asked for the ephod. The ephod was the, the priestly garment. Each one of us, it says we are kings and priests unto the Lord. The priest represented the engagement of the people with God. David purposely sought a point of engagement with God. Most people, when they get to that point in time, you know what they do? They stop going to church. <laughs> On Sunday mornings, it's like, I'm too exhausted from this week. I'm just going to, I'm going to take a day. <laughs> And that's where we can get to in life. I don't know about you, but with the, the whole COVID shutdown and stuff like that, I got really lazy in life. And we ran out of things to watch on Netflix. That's how bad it got. <laughs> but it was like, okay, 4 o'clock hit, dinner and TV the rest of the night. We can get to that point where just we get sedimentary. It means we get settled. And getting out of that settledness has been intentional. Do you want to go out tonight? Oh, let's just, you know, go, you want to go out for dinner? Let's change it up. No, let's just phone, get food in. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Um, I make the best dinner. I make reservations. <laughs> but we can get to a point in our life where we can be so overwhelmed that we just shut down. And David was at this point you know, Lord, you spoke over my life. You have an incredible plan, purpose, destiny for my life. And then, boom. Actually, if you, if you read the parable about the sower who threw out the seed, it said the word got tested. <laughs> if the Lord speaks or you, somebody speaks over you, you feel something, a passionate, a dream, from the Lord, it's going to get tested. And here, it got tested so much that he, he left his own country, that he got rejected by the enemy, and then his, his whole life that surrounded him got, got um, uh, stolen. His city destroyed. And then his own nucleus, his own core, wanted to kill him. But instead of laying down in a fetal position and giving up, it says he turned to the Lord. And what does, that's, that's awesome, but what does that look like? 
What does that look like for you? We have to get to some real basic practical things that you can do. When your child, this was a system about 20 years ago, when your child is really acting up and you're just losing your mind, you're supposed to go to another room and take 10 deep breaths. How many of you remember that strategy? Okay, maybe three, not 10. Okay, let's step back and what can you do? What can you do? Jesus. <laughs> I think the very first is we have to acknowledge. That was our point number one. We have to acknowledge him in our life. We have to recognize where does peace come from. I used to go... Every once in a while, we'd go to a movie, and it was just nice to get away and just shut the brain down, and you go to a movie. But you know what happens two hours later? It's all there still. <laughs> you can watch TV all evening, but then when you wake up, it's all there still. So you have to bring someone into your situation. And the best person to bring is the prince of peace. Surely, you had shared that testimony two, three weeks ago at night, and it was almost like there's this battle going on, and all of a sudden, through prayer, through communion with calling out. Sometimes, that's what our prayers look like. <laughs> our communion can be just calling out, just breathing, just breathing, Jesus, calling out, Lord, I need you. And David got to the point where he went and he just literally just encouraged himself. He put on the priestly garment. And what did it do? It changed his focus. Took off his... The breastplate, the sword, the spear, the shield, took that off, and he put on a different perspective, just like we heard this morning from Pastor Nelson. Sometimes we can get embroiled in our chaos, embroiled in our deficiencies, embroiled in our weaknesses, and we all we see is me, my situation, when we have to turn our eyes to the Prince of Peace. Psalm, I mean, Proverbs 3, I think it's verse 6, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own thought process, your own opinions, your own thinking. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Turn from your own system of what you thought would, would settle this all out. David, running, 
running, hiding, lying. He came to the end of that rope. We get to the end of our rope sometimes, and it can turn into a panic attack, a stress attack, anxiety attack, blood pressure up or down, just all kinds of things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And then it says, in all of your ways, in all everything you do, somehow, somehow acknowledge the Lord. And it says, He will make your paths straight. He will, King James says, He will direct your paths. New American Standard says, He will make your paths straight. In the Bible times, there weren't, there wasn't asphalt. So when somebody wanted to go from uh, Bethlehem to Jerusalem, they would send out somebody in front of them to look for danger, to look for washouts, to look for stones, to look for trees that had fallen, whatever. Whatever hazard you can think of in life, they would send somebody out to prepare the way. To make the pathway passable. And he would make the path straight. He'd come and report that he'd either clear things out or he'd suggest a different route. Who's that sound like? Well, it sounds like John the Baptist, right? He was a forerunner. Now we have Holy Spirit in our lives to warn us, to direct us, to teach us. And it says if we acknowledge him, if we make an effort in our life to bring the presence of the Lord into our life, purposeful engaging him. Now, even when we don't, there's probably situations that he protects us from. <laughs> I sometimes can complain in my head. I think, oh, poor Daniel. Life is so hard. Then all of a sudden I think, it's probably not as bad as it could be. <laughs> and I think, Actually, probably in the certain percentile of this world, we got it pretty good. And actually, yeah, this could have happened. And I begin to realize, whoops, I begin to realize that I have somebody in my life that makes my path straight. Somebody who's looking out for me. And if I increase my engagement level with this person, things will get better. Now, the situations might not go away, but the peace, the peace that comes, let the peace of God rule 
your how do you get that peace in your life i wrote a few of these scriptures down i think peace is probably one of the greatest things it's probably the only one i'm going to get to this morning Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I will fear no evil. I will be at peace. Why? What is the first thing he says? Because you are with me. Peace. I wanted to Peace. Here, I'm just going to read some of the words. When, when, when David had talked about peace in his life, the absence of fear, peace was shalom. To be safe. To be sound. He has not given, our Lord God has not given us a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, it's not just clear thinking. It's a sense of peace, of safety, of soundness. That is what our Lord Jesus, our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, that's what he brings into our life, a sense of soundness. When I... Uh, I'm, I'm reading through the life of Jesus. He was never thrown off guard. It's just amazing when, when you look at his life. They were out to get him. Kill him, trip him up, get him to say something wrong. They were watching every move. Nothing ever threw him off. You, you see this complete sense of peace, of soundness, of clear thinking. Health, completeness, wholeness, welfare, tranquility, prosperity, fullness. If you ever watch a, a Bible movie, when, when they get together and they meet and they greet, they say, shalom. When they're about to leave, shalom. They are, they are passing on this sense of safety soundness, tranquility, harmony. Do you ever <laughs> sense, I was reading, do you ever sense yourself just going in so many different directions? Pull, peace brings a sense of calmness and harmony into your life. This morning, as I close, <laughs> This is what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. That's the same word there. Don't allow your heart to take on anxiety. 
Don't allow your heart to take on a sense of distress. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. But let the peace of God. Our God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14. Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing. That means don't get stressed out about anything. Yes, there are things that come into our life that can cause stress and cause worry, and, and there are challenges in our life. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. See the perspective there. Shift our perspective. Say, yeah, life is crazy. Life sucks. Life is hard. But I'm going to shift my perspective. And in no matter what situation, in everything, you, you might not want to be give thanks for the situation, but in the situation, you can be thankful that you have a Savior you have a rescuer. You have a redeemer. I sometimes hear these. <laughs> I, I get, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad listener of music because I hear phrases and I go, oh, man, no, no. <laughs> I, you know, lots of stuff has happened in my life and there's lots of things I'm not thankful about. <laughs> That's just my personal perspective i'm not thankful about it but in it and through it i was thankful because i had what jesus called a paraclete the holy spirit a paraclete somebody in me walking beside me teaching me guiding me giving me wisdom empowering me and through a real hard situation I could be thankful because I had an almighty one beside me. And so, yes, in everything we can be thankful. And then the peace of God, which passes understanding, will take you through it, will lead you through it, will teach you something through it, and take you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, but rather I will be at peace because he is with me. And I purposefully engage him and I go to him and I strengthen myself in him. I encourage myself in him. I literally attach myself to an even greater degree. That's what the word encouragement means. It means to fasten yourself even to a stronger degree. With all I've got, Lord, I'm going to attach myself to you because without you, I'm hopeless. There is no hope. There is no answer. So I will be thankful to you for who you are and what you mean to me and how you will take me through this. And even through it, you're the rod that, that comforts me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint me with power, with authority, with an appointment in life. And yes, my cup runs over. It's about your perspective. And if we can change our view, change our perspective, change our sight line, we will come through challenging situations stronger instead of giving up throwing in the towel, throwing, going overboard, we can come through it stronger. Amen. 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 Because we are a house of his presence. We need to engage that presence in our life and allow it to strengthen us, allow it to bring peace into our life. When everything else can be going crazy, we can be at peace. Because we've attached ourselves, we've engaged that presence in our life. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Imagine who else abode under the shadow. Mary, the power of the Most High, will overshadow. Every time I read that passage of Scripture... Lord, I want to be under your shadow. The other place that I always go to is the spirit brooded over the face of the deep. And there was creativeness. There was life that came out of, it says that the earth was empty and it was void. It was in confusion. The spirit of the Lord came and brooded over and out of it came life, light, fruitfulness if you will dwell in the secret place become a home a house that intentionally engages his presence you will dwell under the shadow of the almighty one and it says he delivers me from the snare of the fowler he delivers me from the noisome pestilence i won't be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flies by day the pestilence that walketh in darkness the destruction that wasteth at noonday i will not fear but i will walk confidently i will walk hope filled i will walk faith filled through it all i'm going to quote one more cuz it says, because thou hast made the Lord, David saying, who is my refuge, even the most high, the most high God, your habitation, listen to this promise. There will no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone and you will tread upon the lion and the snake. Now you picture that in your mind. Who the roaring lion that likes to devour you and who the snake is. Just let your imagination go. But they won't have power over you. If you dwell, make your habitation under the Most High. He's the Most High. You make your home. Make, make yourself a house for him. Then you will dwell under his shadow. 
Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you that this, this summer, just take little steps. Take little steps to in, in, invite that engagement. Whether it's Bible reading. I'm, I, I have to go through a few. Read your Bible. Commune. Pray. Listen to some worship music. Turn off the other stuff. Put on some worship music. All just little things. Little things that we can all do. Memorize a passage like one verse. Jesus wept. Okay, there we go. We all got it. You've all memorized now one scripture verse. What did he say after that? He wept. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Okay, there you go. <laughs> get, get one verse. Get two verses into your, into your system. Be thankful. Find something. I, there's certain things in my life I'm not thankful they happened, but I was thankful in them. There's a, bit, there's a difference. Be thankful. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Do th little things that we can all do. Go for a walk and just allow your mind to think about God. I challenge you on Wednesday, try to remember what Pastor Daniel said on Sunday. <laughs> Maybe even this afternoon, try to remember what Daniel said. What did that? I mean, I don't know how many of you have ever left and, and about three hours later that evening, okay, what did the pastor preach about? Never. never that's never, oh, thanks, Charlene. <laughs> All right, good. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> but in some way, let all of us attempt and make it purpose in our heart to to just notch something up just even a little. Just notch it up just a little. And this summer, let be, by the end of this summer, you can look back and say, wow, I've come a long ways. If we can just do one little thing every week, just do something little, change your perspective, change your language, change the music, change the channel, change the reading material, Amen? Amen? We can look back at the end of the summer and say, wow, what a difference this summer was. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face, his presence to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.